Welcome to Now This Is Podcasting. I'm your host, Connor, and I got my co-host, Jaden, here. Yee! And our producer, McKinnon. What's up? And uh, former guest, Calvin. Thank you for having me. And we are about to dive back into, this is going to be part four now, of our series on The Lighthouse. And uh, we're going to start this one out with, uh, we're diving deep into the archetypes. Like, what are these characters about? What do they mean? Like, what, 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 what's the background? What, what drives these guys? Yeah, so this this is fun. Um, you know, we talked a lot about Jung um, and his symbols. We talked a little bit about anima. Um, I don't know. I'm not as familiar with anima um, as I am um, some of these other ones. Uh, but I think we covered about as much as he wanted to say there. Yeah, um, if you want to, if you want to backtrack on these, I mean, you shouldn't start at part four either way. But I mean, you can, you can, if you've listened to this series so far, you probably have a good idea what we're talking about. Yeah. So let's talk about Wake. Um, because he is such an important character. Um, yeah, he's one of two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair enough. I should say he's he's an incredibly deep and complex of, okay. character. A bit of an understatement saying he's important. Yes. Yeah, uh, he's, yeah, I he's suppose. He's percent of this movie. Yeah, I, I suppose that's that's probably a relevant stat. <laughs> but so the the roles that wake. Um, occupies um, would be that of um, the old man archetype. Um, uh, one of them being the old man or archetype. Like Gandalf. Yeah, exactly. In old, like a wise mentor that is um, meant to uh, guide, um, is meant to provide wisdom, um, is there to help. But he he kind of subverts this archetype by being such an abusive authoritarian. I was like, he's almost supposed to be that, but he's necessarily the opposite. I didn't yeah. get the impression yeah. that he's trying to help or like well, provide his, wisdom. But he's his le- he's the he's the one in charge of everything. He's the one that knows the island, why it's bad luck to kill a seabird. Yeah. All of these he has like bits of he's wisdom. He's giving him knowledge, yeah, yeah, for sure. And he occupies that role, but what he does like in relation to how he helps Winslow, um, subverts the archetype. And part of that is the interplay with how he's also modeled after the um, the sea god Proteus. Proteus being um, prominent in Greek, well, not really prominent, but in Greek mythology as um, a servant of Poseidon. And Proteus is really interesting because he is more of like a like a river god, and he will uh, give visions of the future if you can if you can catch him. He's constantly changing form, um, and which is. I mean, clearly in in this film is, is such a big thing. Like he's always changing his story. Like, what, what did he break his leg? Was it gangrenous? Was he ever a sea captain? Gangrenous. It, yeah. The uh, the literal Google description of him is uh, prophetic old man of the sea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, which is I think a great description for Willem Dafoe's character in this movie. Yeah, exactly. And and um, w- Winslow starts to. Uh, question it like when he says i don't think you how do you eat grass with no teeth because you said everyone's teeth fell out because of the scurvy um you know how and he says you just pull it up and swallow him. Oh, i don't believe you he's starting to see through which is just a great line yeah exactly you know, you know how you eat grass you pull it out and swallow it like yeah it's, just a, it's a great line also reference to his penis <laughs> You're probably not wrong, man. <laughs> You're probably not wrong. Pro- yeah, yeah, probably not too far, o- too far off the track. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so Proteus and the interplay between that and the old man archetype are really important because the uh, both being uh, prophetic, 
um, Proteus obviously um, being a, uh, someone who could tell the future and then also all of the lines that proved to be so prophetic within the, the film itself bad luck to kill a seabird and then the and then the winds change and they're they're stuck on the island um, take the barrel down let's fixing to burn the whole lighthouse down <laughs> very you know <laughs> continuing with the Proteus myth and the the idea of, uh, of fire um, and then in his little hark uh, speech. He's talking about uh, Neptune strike you down and the souls of dead sailors feed upon your body. And then the last one also in that. And I love this. And this is why the names are so important because obviously his name, his real name is Thomas Howard or Tommy Howard. And Ephraim Winslow is the foreman that he's killed or that has died. The shadow self. Uh, no, just not kidding. Just kidding. No, I, know I'm, I know I'm wrong. I just like but, using uh, those terms. <laughs> but yeah, when he says... Um, let's uh, strike Winslow down, and Winslow is no more, but is now himself the sea. What the fuck? Oh my god, that's so good. Yeah, so is that, happens, real? that is happens that happens later. Oh yeah, so that's that's in his little speech where he's talking about um, you know, he's I just going his, crazy. I thought his speech was just a speech. Oh gosh, no! All those I think all those speeches, speeches have meanings. Yeah, those speeches the are. Speech was a penis the whole time. <laughs> You're getting closer, um, but uh, <laughs> those are so important to unraveling um what he's trying to say with the, with the film and what everything really means. That's it's so like, good because it is. It's really prophetic because yeah, uh, eventually you find out Winslow is not. That's not his name, you know. He's mm-hmm. he's this. He kind of stole that kind of identity from someone else and became Thomas ha- or, or no, he is Thomas Howard. He stole the Winslow identity, and then yeah, it, that he sheds that off, and you find out he's Thomas Howard, and, and that's so prophetic. Yeah. And I didn't realize that when I first watched this movie, or well, yeah. the second time I watched this movie. And so <laughs> like, now, so that's wow. It blew my mind on that one. That one's really good. Yeah, and now okay, so now think about this. Um, his pers- his persona is now. Ephraim Winslow, and his shadow self is Thomas Howard. I was so close. <laughs> and <laughs> Thomas Wake also shares the name Thomas. Right. Thomas is his shadow self. So you think Thomas Wake is also kind of has the persona of no, not the persona. Thomas Howard. He is a representational part of his shadow self. That's why the names are the same. So I I thought the names were the same. So this is like a really – it's like loosely based on an old uh, – I want to say Welsh story. It's not – it actually wasn't a story. It actually did happen. It did, yeah, it's like loosely based on like a real event. And, and it was revolved around two wikis named Thomas. Yeah, both named Thomas. So I just thought that the names Thomas didn't really mean anything. I just thought – because they kind of wanted to loosely base it on that. I, thought I just that, thought yeah. that it's like a common name and people yeah. have it. Yep, and they did that. Um for that reason but then they gave it this extra meaning okay and, and there's all of this the shadow self is so important because that's basically what this whole film is is um pattinson's character uh, i mean l- let's just call him howard now because this is where it's yeah, so we moved important. on to, to, to howard i think yeah yeah He's no so, longer winslow yeah so howard um is confronting his his shadow self because he's hidden away um who he was what he did um, if, when do he we, was a lumberjack. I, I, do we want to give a little background on that, just if we're moving forward? Um, so Ephraim Winslow kind of – he spills the beans that he, he had. He shouldn't have spilled your yeah, beans. Why a, did he spill the beans? He was a, he was a logger, and he was uh, working with another guy named Ephraim Winslow. That guy dies, and he – basically, he sees this as an opportunity to have a clean slate. 
and kind of move on and do something because uh, Thomas Howard is kind of a vagabond, uh, roams about, you know, not a very wholesome guy. And this is the opportunity to take over, like, take over this persona and, and become someone new. And so that's why we're changing to Howard now is because he's he's now, like I said, spilled the beans that he's, that he's he is his real name is not Ephraim Winslow. His name is Thomas Howard. Yeah. And so this is and this is why sometimes the dialogue between the two is so strange. Like you think of the the what, you know, like out of nowhere, um, Wake just says what? And Howard looks back and what? 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 You think of that <laughs> whole thing as an inner dialogue. Yeah. Because that's that's really he's just talking to himself. Um and uh, wait, wait, let's see. I guess like, I don't get that because like the characters are both so different. I, I didn't. I get what you're saying, and you have more of a psychology background when it comes to this kind of stuff. I didn't think of them as being kind of like that same sort of character or kind of reflecting in each other. I don't think they're, they're not. They're not the same sort of character. You can think of an archetype as a completely different character within the psychic makeup of an individual. So was this from the director interview, or is this is this your interpretation? Tell this me. is. I mean, this is. Is I this feel from like the this, horse's mouth? Then this feels very, very literal. Like, with, okay. like this is probably the easiest um, interpretation that you can make of the film, okay. of what he's trying to say, because it feels like the, the whole basis of it. That the entire, because he's also talked about how the, the film is basically shot entirely from Howard's perspective. So if everything is shot from his perspective, then w we don't know anything about wakes mental makeup or anything like that but we do right. know about howard so it's, it's very easy to make the um you know to uh to make that leap sure okay. so so that's so that's why um but a couple like really great scenes that i want to talk about are the only two where wake is vulnerable so you have at the beginning where um uh, he's making where Howard is making fun of Wake about killing a seabird, and it's just oh, that's just them's just wives' tales or tall tales, and he slaps him. Wake slaps him, and he stands up. Uh, I'm sorry, Howard stands up, and you see this 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 camera from below looking up at Howard, and you see his shadow behind him, and Wake does this weird little head bob thing, and looks down and says. Uh, you know, don't don't mind me, boy. And he's seeing like the, the the one part is is that there's this shadow switching. Like you can think of Wake as being a real character as well. I think I think it functions that he is really uh, he is a real human. Um, but he is confronted confronted with the guilt of killing his second because you don't kill a seabird. And with the um, motif of this, the one-eyed seagull. There is your manifestation of guilt and shame, and it's he like sees it's, it. It's like he's kind of reliving that moment. It's like so now this seagull is dead that uh, Howard killed. Well, the seagull isn't dead yet. It has not the, happened. The oh, shit. His okay. second is dead. Now he has a new second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he sees the shadow behind. Oh, okay, him. okay, okay, okay. Like at that's this point, that. all he did was throw the rock at the seagull. He hasn't, he hasn't killed it. Right, yet. right. Okay, okay. I yeah, get that exactly. And then the next most important one is the just the is um, just before his. Hark soliloquy, where um, uh, he says, you know, he's talking about the grass. And he says, oh, I don't believe that. And he kind of rolls his, or no, no, it was, uh, if I had a stake, oh, 
boy, I I fuck it. <laughs> and yeah. he does the same head roll. Right. And stares down like, oh, you don't. Because at this point, too, Howard is still standing. Yeah, like, yeah. You don't like me. He's like absolutely drunk at this point. Yeah. Like yeah. Going off. And he's like, you don't like me cooking? And he's very vulnerable. He's a different persona. I think like those are the real, um, the real person, like not seen from by Howard, but seen from the eyes of of Wake himself. Because they're real characters; they they feel emotions, um, and the, that power dynamic has shifted. So that's what's so interesting. And like again, you see the shadow projected behind um, Pattinson, and that's again same thing, kind of kind of um, coming to terms with this shadow self. Do you think of uh, Do you think of Wake as like a a trickster character as well? I know you talk about mm. him as like kind of the the old man archetype. I I see him a lot as a trickster throughout this movie. I I see him as yeah a, a little bit of a trickster, but I think the thing is is um he is a traditional old man archetype, and also Proteus. And Proteus was notorious for changing shape and trying to keep his secrets to himself. If you caught him, wouldn't those be like parallels to something a trickster would do? Yeah, uh, I mean that's that's the thing. It's like I don't think that I think it, he functions better. I it, I could see both, but like the thing is 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 the way that um, the old man works um, as a mentor, as a guide, and you have s- this Oedipus complex basically between um, Wake and Howard, where Howard is um, you know sexually like there's all of this tension between them, and he's a father figure to him. You know, you ain't my father. Um, yeah. So that is all Im- you know implicit. So that's why I'd say more of an old man because he's not specifically trying to trick him. He is just trying. He he's the one with the power. Jane just made like, a big look because I th- I, I, agree I believe Jane. he's yeah. trying to trick him the whole movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'd be interested to see wh- why you think that. Uh, I think he's fucking with his concept of time. I mean, he's telling him he's that he did things that like literally Wake just did himself. He's like you chasing around with that axe or whatever when Wake was the one who was just doing it, and he's just fucking with his mind the entire movie. And so, like, I, I, I especially like the whole you're – t- you're talking about he messes this concept of time. Yeah. I think the first maybe – I think it's like 30 minutes of the movie. Um, it's kind of well established how far along they are, like how long they've been on the island. They're and like, then you, like, lose that. It's like It's like, oh, we, we've been here two weeks. And they're like – and then it's like they establish, like, oh, the tender's coming tomorrow. That's our, our – our month is done. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like, oh, the, the tender was supposed to show up. Eight weeks ago, yeah, and it's where like, the fuck and it's are like, we? It's like the, it's like a scene or two later. It's like, uh, you, you as the viewer also kind of lose your concept. Yeah, of I have no idea how long we've been there because I thought, because yeah. I thought throughout the beginning of the movie it was pretty well established the timeline, and then all of a sudden it's like, you're like, no, we've been here eight weeks. No, the tender was supposed to show up at this time. No, we've been here. We've gone. I've been rationing because it's already late, and so, I think I, that's why I think he's a trickster is because. Not, not he's not only a trickster. I'm just saying, I think there are definitely elements of that in his character for sure. Because especially the way he kind of like uh, messes with the timeline of the movie. Yeah, and I think this is what's so great about archetypes is because he comes off as the old man at first, and more or less reveals himself to be a trickster. I think, I think yeah, that's it about sounds it. like something like a fucking trickster would do. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the only reason mm-hmm. I'm yeah. saying more uh, old man is because of. Um, generally the the prophetic nature of the old man archetype yeah, and, and but yeah, I'm i not think denying. he like, fits both for sure yeah and, but yeah i didn't and, I, and that's why i kind of um you know tunnel vision into that one and i think you're you're absolutely right because it's it's not about um it's not about actually helping him it's <laughs> seeming like he helped he he uh is helping him while maintaining the power balance right right 
yeah so yeah i am i am open to that interpretation because i think it's i think it's really um important but yeah so you know so how you, you know like, how sometimes like uh Calvin have a really good insight on a movie and I'll steal it and I'll be like I'm gonna tell everyone this is my idea so now now you can steal one and you can tell people <laughs> it's your idea you'll allow it <laughs> you can that steal one of my uh, my uh, my my very my very good insights that one's for free Calvin <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah so all of the drama from the narrative comes from Howard uh, confronting his shadow his shadow self. All of the most tense scenes, like when when they're they're dancing and they go in for that kiss, you know, it's it's like he's about to reach that psychic e- equilibrium, give in to um, um, his uh, his attraction, and he pushes him away, and they start fighting because psychically he's still in a state of disarray, and then we get to the end of the film and he is approaching his shadow self and. He just he's he's like you're you're not even a real person you're just you're just a parody you're just a you're never you're no sea captain, um and you never was you're not a copper you're not a, you're not the governor you're not a copper sure shit ain't my father right and he's just like just giving up with all of his shit and and the shadow self is just sitting there mocking him you have such a way with words, and he also says to him like you're like you you think you like you think you you've got me all figured out but. I see you like you're an open book, a picture, says I, and the shadow self just mocking him. So instead of actually, you know, giving in to and um and resolving the conflict, they just fight. Like he he starts beating the shit out of him, and all of a sudden Proteus reveals his like, form. He's like, you're killing me, you're killing me. Yeah, like uh, that's what uh, uh Wake is saying to to Howard while he's like getting beat up it's like you're killing me yeah yeah exactly and he's because he just wants he he doesn't want to give in to the shadow self he wants to kill it just like he did with his anima like and that's you know where he started uh going even more like because when he was like you can think too when he broke the 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 charm and he's like the scrimshaw trinket i broke it now i'm free of your designs and he starts clapping like a fucking little monkey absolutely (laughs) wild in that scene i was like what is happening it's crazy yeah and it's because he's denying these things that are in him that would bring individuation um Rather than um, incorporating them into uh, into his self and his real self, and that's why, and that's where all of his tension is coming from. And what's what's so fantastic about like how many different ways that you can interpret this because it works very well with just two real people, and then all of a sudden, like Willem Dafoe's a fucking sea creature with like tentacles slurping and like cockle yeah, shells for a head. That th- th- those parts of the movie with like kind of all the kind of supernatural stuff i i just and i guess we'll go into it more like when we have theories on this like i, I wonder how much of this is real and how much of it isn't real i saw it was all not real yeah, yeah i would say that and i think that the best way to think about it is all of the dreamscapes are um visual manifestations of what's going on in his mind because you have like let's take let's take for that first scene um, where he walks down to the edge of the water and there are the logs and Ephraim Winslow's uh, body in the water, you know that's that's his guilt and uh, in his shame um, uh, manifested. Like I, I'm little little fun fact about that scene real quick. They uh, they Robert Pattinson kept going deeper in the water and they kept having to call him back because they were afraid 
So the scene is oh, yeah. they're they're trying to light it and everything, but because it's deep in the water, you know, you, you can't have they don't have like you know uh, lights out there, you know, and so it's all it's all lit from from the from shore the where they're at, and so he kept going deep, and they're like stop because like they were afraid they wouldn't find him. Well, if, like, yeah, they were afraid happened. of a riptide. Yeah, and they're like, oh, if he keeps going out, like we we're gonna lose our our our, our co-star here. <laughs> like he's gonna go under, and we're not gonna be able to find him because it's so dark. And even though they have it like lit so well, it's like they can only have it lit to like a certain point. You know, you can't see him once he goes too far out. And I just think that's a little fun fact. They kept having to rein him and be like, "Stop going like too far into the water. You're gonna die. <laughs> like, please stop." Yep. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. So all of those uh those uh those dreamscapes um are just reflections of what's going on inside of his mind, and that's why the mermaid only um appears in his in his dreams. Um. And the same thing with uh, the hypnos painting as being in his mind. Because see, when he flips over that one body, it's actually him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then and then um, Wake looks at him with his naked body and wild beaming eyes. Yeah, I <laughs> guess I I I had a hard time because there's just so much kind of like I said like kind of fantasy stuff that happens here, and it's like I don't know what's real and what's not. And so I guess there's some of the dream stuff that you're talking about. I probably didn't even realize they were dreams while they were happening. Like the, I, the reason I because it saw them as dreams yeah. is when he wakes up, or like the, there's a really hard edit after each one of those. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good point because I was trying to think of like, okay, is there something to signal me that he's? I guess I I just didn't catch that. So that's a good point. Yeah, um, and then the last thing I'll say about um, his his shadow self is when he's begging on his knees, he just wants to be led into the light. He wants to get past the shadow and two individuation but he doesn't want to do the hard work you know he doesn't want um to be accepted like he doesn't he doesn't care what the shadow actually thinks if there's a way to get beyond it and that's why he's just begging on the knee on his knees is because he's at his wits end feels like he's tried everything but the shadow self doesn't you know it isn't satisfied and right. then, and then, just like what he did with the with the mermaid trinket, stabbing it, he literally takes the axe and splits his gullet. And then, the camera stays on him. He turns around and talking about how earlier in the film, when he had talked about how when uh, Foreman Winslow died, he's like, you know, the first thing I thought about was I could use a smoke. Yeah. So he kills him, lights his cigarette. And turns to the camera and repeats the prayer. I was going to say that. So it's the same toast from the beginning of the movie when uh, uh, Wake wants to, like, yeah, the, he pours out the every, drink yeah. and, and, and he tries to do the toast. and uh, Oh, he doesn't try. He does the toast. And then in the middle of the movie, they try it again. I think it's their first actual drink together. And mm. uh, Winslow tries to do the toast, but he kind of forgets the words, kind of messes it up. And then at the very end, when he kill, when Winslow kills Wake... He does the toast correctly, and he says yep. all the words right. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, this. yep, to signal that he that the shadow is dead and that he was a single person the yeah. whole time. I, I think that was cool. Yeah. I I love that. I love that the, it's kind of that progression of like that same toast kind of carries on throughout the film, and it's like you get it at the end. And I was like, "Oh, it was very satisfying to see that." Yeah, and now like, so how we think about all of these things together. Um, you know, what do we, what do we make of the, what, of the ending? Like we do, how much of this do we think is, is real? Um, I think is, is, is a really interesting question because the ambiguity is there on purpose because it, 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 
it's so much fun. Like that was that was Eger's point, like why he made everything the way he wanted it. And so, like, I mean, what 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 would you say? Each of you would be your best interpretation of the film. Okay, that's or like that's I, a I, dense question. I, I want to know both. Like, what do you think that the director's interpretation is? Like his desired one, and what one works the best for you? I I have an answer. I don't know what the intended interpretation is. My gut feeling is that the whole movie is a dream. Wow, okay, hot take. All right. I fucking hate that. Why do you think that? <laughs> yeah, why the whole film? <laughs> so, okay, there's a part in the film where they're trying to figure out... Wake is asking Winslow how long they've been on the island. Has it been a day? Five weeks? Maybe it's this all in your he's head. He's like, do you even know? Do like, you even yeah. know? Yeah, and he's he's making Winslow second guess it. Well, he's like, he also says maybe you're frostbitten, wondering in... Uh, yeah, he's uh, like, maybe you're still in the woods. Exactly. Like, maybe you're so up in Canada still I in think, the woods. Yeah. I think that that's probably something I'm reading too much into, but I, I, I went to bed that night thinking about it. I was like, man, that would be a really cool idea that this whole movie, to me, that this whole movie is, is, is in Winslow's head. And this is like him torturing himself because he killed the uh, the other lumberjack. Jane's shaking his head. Jane is so mad about it. Shaking his head so much right now. Oh my god! <laughs> but that conflict. That's just what I thought, and I was like, that's kind of it. So I think that usually when people hear about a like, dream sequence or whatever in a movie, that's usually a cop out. I think it would be kind of an interesting direction for the movie. For me personally, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But go ahead, Jaden. So, like, I mean, it's like when you talk about uh, you might be frostbitten in the forest river. Like, yeah. that's instantly, like, that's, like, your thought is what popped in my brain. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, then fuck this movie. Isn't that just a reaction to every time a movie uses that? It's like, oh, yeah. well, none yep. of this actually happened. It was all pretend. It's just like. Why did I watch That's, this yeah. thing? Yeah. Why, did I, I, why did I get invested yeah. at all? I think it yeah. would probably be lazy, and I have the wrong interpretation. But for this movie, I mean, well, if you well, enjoy so, it, that's thinking, what matters. It got that's, me thinking. That's, that's your all. personal one or the director's? That's, that's my personal one, one. Okay. yes. I, 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 didn't, I, I've, I can't possibly imagine what the director's intended idea was because there's, so there's so many aspects of this movie. I can't even begin to break them down. But that's, that's something I thought about was maybe it's just all – He's all just frostbitten in the forest, and this is in his head. I really think it's just two dudes who suffer from claustrophobic tendencies. And, uh, <laughs> and like, I, I mean, I've been known to take things, like, too literal before in my life. And, like, that's kind of the way I see this movie is, like, I think a lot of, like, the weird shit that happens is just in fucking Winslow or Howard's head. And uh, and Wake's a weird dude, and, like, they're just too crazy. Like, they become more insane as they're just trapped in this confined space. And... I, I think that's all it's about. Um, like, I literally think that, like, Howard slash Winslow burns himself on the light at the end of the movie and falls down the stairs and somehow wanders out to the beach and gets eaten by seagulls. I like that idea. Yeah, I, I think it's all... I just, like that idea a lot. Yeah, I think it's also literal. And, uh, and like, I mean, that's the way I view things a lot with film. Um, but as far as uh, the director's interpretation of it, I'm sure there's so much more deeper meanings. Everything's a dick. And that's that's probably I mean like the way that Calvin puts things is uh, I mean it makes me think about it more than or not necessarily more but different than the way I was before because I'm so closed off into the ideals of like hey this fucking means you know this this scene right here means more than what it actually is like I don't view things that way I just take them as they are and try to interpret it in the way that I could understand it in reality based and so what do I think that the the people who made this movie wanted it to be like 
probably a whole lot deeper than the way I see it, which is where I just see two dudes who went fucking bonkers. I, I think that's a, a a fair take. Yeah. I think yeah, I do too. Yeah, and I think it's I think that's also what what makes it so interesting is y- you you have two very different interpretations of a film right here that seem to hit for two people. Yeah, and I don't think that either one of them are wrong necessarily. Yeah, yeah, but we're both right. No, you're fucking wrong. Oh, <laughs> so I. I, I uh, like I said earlier, when I I did my, I think this is maybe episode two of this, the uh, part two of this. I, I think this I, is part seven or eight. I no, think, yeah. <laughs> uh, in part two, I I did my my take on what I think Calvin would say about this. This is about repressed homosexuality, and it's about two characters and their kind of deep seated need to do something that they know they can't do or won't do. And so that's like, that's what I think the movie is about. If I think that the film. Or, or the director is trying to convey anything. It's 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 two guys who are like uh, manly guys doing it. They're 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 seafaring guys, and they 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 can't be gay, you know. And and so it's, it's this movie is about these two guys trying to not act gay, and every time they kind of do, they have to be like macho right after. And 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 to me, that's like what it makes this movie so good. It's so manic. It's so it, it changes so much. And it, it is. It's the two characters kind of realizing they're they're falling into some kind of pattern together, and they realize that they shouldn't be doing it. And so then their next option is to be as masculine as they can right after and get in a fight. And so th- I mean that's that's what I think the movie is about. I think it is about like repressed homosexuality. And I and it, after reading reviews and 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 interviews with uh, Robert Eggers and everything, I I think that that is probably think that's kind of the point he was trying to get uh that that would be my take if i had to kind of yeah boil the movie down that's i i think my my pretentious calvin take is actually what i also think of the movie (laughs) (laughs) is is, yeah and 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 again i think i think you can just take this movie at its face and if you just want it to be a drama about two men kind of going crazy on an island together it completely works as that film as well yeah i think i i and i i don't think it's wrong to not dive deeper and, and figure out maybe subtext in the movie. I think it can just be a drama between two people in solitude trying to figure out how they're going to continue living together. And I think it totally works in that way as well. Yeah. And I'd say um, personally for me that I think that um, that there are elements that they see in each other and those are the shadow selves, but they are two real people. And the reason I say that they're two real people is um, well, because when they first get on the island, um, two people leave. So, so clearly, those are two physical people that don't exist in in their minds, um, because that wasn't from um, Howard's perspective or Winslow's perspective. That was something objective from the director's point of view. So you have two people leaving and two people coming, and I think they are very real people, and they see each in each other the guilt and shame that they've that they've been repressing, um, like. I mean, I think this is I think this is an interesting take to me. I don't think it's 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 right and I'd love to hear your interpretation, but that whole montage sequence where you have the mermaid and he's masturbating to the charm and the lighthouse spins um from a side angle to upright erect and you see Ephraim Winslow's back and you see the log hook and all of these tentacles. I don't I don't think he I don't think he killed him. I don't even think he died. I think 
that they had sex, that had a relationship, because that's what the spear represents is that actual penetration um, of them having sex. And he's just so consumed by the shame of it that he had to get away because Ephraim Winslow oh, has shit, a clean Calvin. slate. But yeah, I Thomas like Howard, he don't. That's the thing is, I like that take too. Uh, yeah, so no, far, I really like that. So I never far, thought I've liked, about that at all. Yeah, that's so far, good. I've liked every take that yeah. we've had. Like, uh, I think that that's... And again, it's like, it's the viewer can interact with the film in any way, and it's cool to hear. It's cool to hear a different point of view besides my own. Because yeah. yeah, I have a way that I I observed it and I interacted with it. So one thing that's great about this movie is that there's four people sitting here, and we all have very four different ways of the way we view this movie and even see what it's about necessarily. Yeah. It's not nothing's given to us. Nothing's like this is what this fucking movie is. You know, we can't read the back of this movie and figure out what the plot is. Yeah. You have to watch it and you yeah. have to try and figure it out for your own self, which I think is so, fucking awesome. So this is number two of Calvin's picks because Calvin picked uh, Under the Skin, and we all had a lot of different views on that one too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then we and then now we're doing Lighthouse, and we have different views on that. And I just think it's – I love hearing other people's opinions. And, yeah, if, if you think we're totally wrong, leave a comment. And fuck off. And tell us, and tell us how <laughs> – uh, tell us how we're wrong. Tell us what you thought. Or yeah. I mean, it doesn't even need to be. I mean, it doesn't mean even negative. Like you could, you just be like, oh, I, I caught something totally different from that. I love hearing the different views, which is why I love. That's why we put this episode off for so long, is because all four of us weren't together. Yeah, because I mean, this was. I mean, this is the the dyna- dynamic we were looking for. Like all of this is 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 so good. Um, but you know, and there's not only the only time that Ephraim Winslow appears in the film, when they are fighting. Um, he also takes the form. He uh, takes the place of uh, Willem Dafoe's character, much like Proteus changing yeah. forms to reflect. Because he said that he's so. It's like it's at the scene where he's like, "You're killing me." It's like yep. he's beating him up, and then all of a sudden it changes to, to Ephraim from Winslow, who's like the blonde guy. And yep. I, at first I was like, "What is happening right now?" I yeah. thought that was Johnny Depp. I thought that was the. <laughs> I thought that was Grindelwald. Watch you on Cherry Potter, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I was like, uh, yeah, no, I was I, at. First, first look, I was like, "What is happening?" And and then I realized, like, "Oh, like, he's kind of, he's killing like kind of his past and stuff like yep. that it, along with this." Yeah, you know? he is projecting his shadow self onto uh, Wake, and that's yeah. why he's beating the shit out of him. He's so full of shame and guilt for fucking him. Yep, exactly. I think that you're right, Calvin. Yeah, and further to that, like the, I think the crux of how you interpret this film and how much you enjoy it is. Uh, Wake's burial. I like to think of it as Wake's funeral. A nice little, a fun little play on words. Because um, <laughs> a wake is a funeral. Okay, good. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Um, oh my gosh, I get it. <laughs> yeah, Jesus exactly. Fucking Christ. Welcome to the party, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when he sits, when he's um, being buried in dirt, I probably watched that uh, speech mm, like a half dozen times now. It's he's such wow. a good insanely actor. good. Yeah, oh my gosh. It's and it's beautiful. He he says what. Protean forms swim up in men's minds, and Protean being changeable, like it's it's a word that we actually have in English now that comes from the myth of Proteus as being something that takes forms and and different shapes, and and so that's literally what he's talking about is how the shadow comes into our minds and it takes different shapes and is um I think it's uh, I can't remember if it's melted or destroyed by hot Promethean plunder. And that's where you get the, yeah. uh, other than the visual representations, like you can see from from a thematic standpoint too, where where he's tying in uh, the Prometheus myth, and um, that I, I I'd love to know like 
do you, do you all remember the dialogue from that that scene that you could probably tie to the end of the film? I mean, I just wanted. Sorry, what? Yeah, like the 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 dialogue from the like from being buried. Yeah, yeah. Like, did, how much of that did you catch? I okay. not much, dude. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, to be honest, I was like really enthralled with just the fact that he's taken heaps of dirt in his face and thrown it like in his and it's like and, and it's like still yeah. doing the speech. I was more, I was more into just like him as an actor, not pulling like necessarily that off. what he was saying. Yeah, I yeah. And, yeah. And, and I guess that's probably the wrong thing if I'm gonna do. Yeah, no, it should have been more attentive to what he was speaking. If I'm but gonna review amazing. and analyze this movie, I should have listened to the words. But I w- at the whole time I watched, I was like, what a fucking job acting right there yeah. I was the like, performance was more important than what he was actually saying to me yeah that's I was funny because like, i i think the opposite like yeah. i think it's an amazing amazing importance but uh, i'm sure uh, the speech like, is like, incredibly important. yeah like yeah. well i mean like uh, an incredible performance but the 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 semantics of what he's actually talking about yeah. is so important too because he talks about um the the others still blind you know not taking the light um for that um they they uh uh, get to see the, uh, all the divine graces of Fiddler's Green, but those that do see the light, um, they'll be punished. And I think the reason is, is like because he's being punished because his shadow self was the gatekeeper. He didn't go through the pat- proper channels through his shadow self, killed him, and so he took what wasn't what wasn't something that could be that had to be given it couldn't be taken and that's why he ultimately dies is because he didn't he didn't approach individuation the right way right well man now i gotta watch it again (laughs) i I feel like i feel like i missed so much because this film is so dense which is why we've been talking about it since oh my god this is why this is a this is why this is a multi-part series because we had a lot to say about it (laughs) so please leave a comment of uh an easier movie for us to watch so we can take a a break yeah (laughs) Yeah, let's let's watch something really nice i mean we should do our favorites list and i think yeah i think i think we'll move on to be a nice nice appetizer if you if we do our favorites like it's not going to get easier for you. We're <laughs> to go in last for the rest of us. It'll yeah. be a nice break. We'll, from a movie say like this. we'll start with mine. We'll ease into it with the movie up, which is not <laughs> <Right>. that complicated. <laughs> right. All right. I like that idea. I, I would love to watch up now. So, I think, I think, are we ready to wrap this one up? Yes, please. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've talked about, everything right now we could probably add a couple more hours another time all right yeah. okay so <laughs> so be ready for the uh the we're the director's cut yeah oh we'll, we'll have a longer we'll cut. have <laughs> we'll have part one part two we'll have a re- read along with jung's archetypes yeah. calvin the extended nine. version and you so might as well just do commentary on it then huh? yeah right <laughs> yeah and and i actually like the idea of doing the commentaries uh if anyone listened to our, if anyone listened to our last episode, uh, it was about we did a commentary on Avatar, and if if we have comments or likes, or if anyone wants to hear that again, uh, well, I'm 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 ready to sit down and watch this movie again. <laughs> uh, and oh, we could I do am it. too. Yeah, it would be could, fun to do with the boys. Yeah, yeah. we could do we yeah. could do that. Uh, so yeah, Room just, full uh, of phalluses. And uh, <laughs> the, the, yeah, the the phalluses, as they call us. Yeah. <laughs> Four dicks the in the uh, yeah. vagina of a basement. So palaces. Uh, okay, stop saying palaces. <laughs> I like, uh, yeah, I like the idea of doing that. If uh, if anyone is listening and they'd like us to do it again, let us know. And if anyone has just an idea again of like a movie you want us to watch, 
maybe it's your favorite, maybe it's something you haven't seen before and you just want to hear our opinion on it, I would, I'd like to hear that. Uh, and with that, I think we're, uh, yeah, I think we're all wrapped up here. I think this is a, a pretty dense movie that we got through and, and hopefully it, you take the time to listen to all the parts and I, I had a really fun time doing this and, and, uh, and I think all the boys did too. So, uh, with that, I'm, I'm your host, Connor. I have my co-host, Jaden. Yep. And our producer, McKinnon. What's up? And our former guest, Calvin. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening, everyone.